This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Good evening, everybody. I know I'm back third time today. I really do need to get alive. Do you know something? There's not often when a piece is written so well that it makes you change your mind about something. And as you all, if, well, those of you that follow me and those of you that know will know that last season I was all forgiving Brendan Longer. I, you know, thinking he was the man to take us forward. It was just a blip. Um, and then after sort of everything that's happened. Uh, and the first few games and the results and some of the decisions that were made, I was very much, I'd swapped from that to time for him to go, maybe. But, and I don't know whether you've read it or not. If you haven't, we're going to go through it tonight. Please do subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, the Leicester correspondent is Rob Tanner, a name uh, most of us Leicester fans obviously know. Um, and I read that and I thought, do you know what? He could be right here. And I have had to go away and think about it. But hopefully he's got some answers as to what is wrong at Leicester City. Please give us a subscribe. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Good evening. It's time. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. 
You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Say good evening to Rob. How the devil are you, sir? Uh, good evening. Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Refreshed after my little trip to London um, <laughs> for the Chelsea game. So, um, yeah, far away. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, as I said to everybody, you know, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, please do so. It is a great read and you can get uh, daily updates and everything. And I mean, I, I subscribe just for the Leicester one, to be honest with you. And you, you do write some good right, stuff. You, you know what you're talking about. And there's not not many journalists. No, and there's been a lot written about Leicester. But this did make me sit and, you know, stop and think about things. Um, yeah. You said there, you know, that it's not a camper. It's not a crisis yet because we are only still in the start of the season. And, you know, four games now. And probably two of those games, Arsenal and Chelsea... We probably, even if we were back a couple of seasons, we wouldn't have expected to get much from those two anyway. Um, but you said it has got the ingredients to possibly become a crisis. Yeah, yeah the, uh, there are a lot of concerns. I, mean, I actually thought they didn't play too badly at Chelsea. I thought they, there were some encouraging signs, but they just had those defensive lapses, which unfortunately are becoming all too um, common uh, at the moment. It's a recurring theme where they're, they're all right in a the game. They look like they're dominating a game. And then, they, you know, they have these de- defensive lapses and it, and it's costing them. And, and it was the, the same at Chelsea. So that is a worry. But there's lots and lots of factors going on at the moment. And it's probably something that's been going on for um, probably about 18 months or so, really. I mean, in terms the recruitment hasn't been what it used to be. I mean, the recruitment was always at the heart of, what Leicester used to do, you know, the the model yeah. of selling one one asset, reinvesting that money and strengthening in other areas. Um, that didn't happen last summer. They had a net spend of fifty five million, which is the highest in the club's history. Uh, and then Brendan said that all those recruits uh, were backup players, and <laughs> three of them we know are available yeah. to be sold on again. So something went badly wrong last summer and, and Leicester are a club with their model. If you want to challenge the big six, I mean, they're a moving target financially. They're, they're miles away yeah. from Leicester in terms of revenue. So you've got to be spot on in terms of 
how you um, how you use your resources, and they didn't do that last summer. And because uh, some a recruitment guy once said to me about Leicester, he said, "Look, you've got to get it right, and and you can't guarantee you'll always get it right. Sometimes they'll get it wrong, but when you get it wrong, there's not the money to go and, and put it right. Like Chelsea have spent two hundred million now. Yeah. When Fafana goes through that, be two hundred million this summer." Leicester are nowhere near that level, so it's always a moving target to try and chase these these big six clubs, and uh, so you can't afford to get it wrong too many mm. times. They got it wrong last summer; they can't afford to get it wrong this summer. But I don't. I mean, you know, it's easy to Rogers is the easy target. Let's be honest with you. I I kind of think, in a way, he was almost hung out to dry a little bit. I mean. You look at our squad and we've got more players that can actually register for the Premier League. So, yes, we do have to move on because we don't, we can't afford to be in the position like yeah. uh, Barcelona where we've got a load of players that we can't actually, or we register those players and we've still got a load that are unregistered sat there being paid to do nothing. Or I also don't want to be a Leeds United where we risk all the everything on getting back into Europe failing to do it and you know we know what happened to Leeds until recent but if only somebody had come out from the club because I do feel mm. Brendan was sort of asked yeah. the question and he said we've got to sell before we can buy and to me that was like putting a big fire sale notice up outside the, the ground would it not have been better for whether it be Susan Whelan top I believe we've got a press officer for one of them to actually come out and Put something on the website explaining the situation. Yes, yeah, I, I can totally understand what you're saying, and I'm sure there's loads of Leicester fans saying the same thing right now or thinking the same thing right now. That's never been how Leicester City have worked. Um, the manager, I mean, it's my 14th season covering Leicester, mm. um, and in all that time. I can't. I, I, well, obviously, I started under Milan Mandaric, and he was yeah. great. I could yeah. just phone him, and you know, literally, yeah. would pick up and tell me what was going on, and give me a quote and what have you. But um, since uh, King Power came in, they've got a different model of how they work with the media, mm. and it's based on how you know their their heritage, their culture in in Thailand, where they're never really questioned. Uh, and if they're asked any questions, they're, they're wondering why we're being asked this question. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the way they deal with the media is, is very, very dis- different. And, and normally, and, and in fact, all the time since they've come in that I can recall, um, the only spokesman at the club is the manager. He's the only one that will speak. Players, you can stop players, but obviously they don't know the inner workings of the football club. They're, you know, they're very insular players um but um it's always been the manager so i've always said it would be great to hear from the hierarchy a little bit more i i, I generally think i mean john rugkin could do something we, the only time in fact i think i can remember susan or john speaking is when there's been an appointment of a man a new manager and they've sat next to him at the unveiling but they, they didn't they haven't really done that the last couple of times as well so and i think since the, the the sad passing of um Vichai as well, I think Top has taken his father's stance as well that you know he'll speak in the he'll do the the, the start of the season column in the mm. program and he'll speak at the end of season dinner and he might speak in 
Thailand when they do a presentation to the shareholders and that's it. Uh, so I don't think Leicester fans should hold their breath, really. I don't, you know, I mean, actions speak louder than words. And I think um, the owners have more than proved over the years that their intentions are genuine, honest. Um, they've got the club's best interests at heart mm. and the community's best interests at heart. I mean, I, th- I, I always say to, to Leicester fans, it's like winning the lottery with, with, yeah. the, with the owners. I mean, you've got foreign owners in English football and so many of them are questionable. Um, there really are some dodgy ownerships going on in the game and yeah. you've got these owners and just feel blessed because they're, they're, they're fantastic in what they do. I mean, doesn't, that doesn't mean they can't be questioned and, uh, yeah. and, and we'd love to put those questions to them, but that's what um, press officers are for. So we, we use those instead. I think, and I totally agree with you. And in top, we trust as they say. And I think it, because it's gone every scene, it's gone reasonably well um, under under the owners. I think this is why we're surprised when we see things like you know we've agreed to a um, head of recruitment that doesn't come in until yeah. the transfer window's over. We've got uh, a set piece coach that's coming in. We trust. We thought that's what what Colo Torre did, but obviously not. But who who's got visa problems? And it's just these sort of th- everything kind of on its own would. But when you put everything together, it's kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Martin Glover was a difficult situation because obviously they earmarked him as the guy that they wanted to come in and head up the recruitment for this summer. Yeah. And uh, Southampton obviously had this clause. In his, in his contract, so they placed him on gardening leave. And, um, yeah, it, it just hasn't been possible. It's been another complication to the, the, yeah. the summer. He he won't be able to start work now till September the 1st. And it's not the first time I've come across a gardening leave contract clause like that as well. So, I mean, I've, I've seen it in a number of managerial um, contracts. Yeah. So, yeah, that's made it really difficult. So that meant that uh, John Rookin and um, Brendan himself have had to be a little bit more hands-on. But as we all know, um, until they get players out, until they've moved players on, they haven't been able to do any transfer business anyway. So it's a bit of a mute point having a, um, you know, having a head of recruitment coming in because there's been no recruitment going on. They need to move players out. I mean, it would have helped, obviously, it would help the situation to have Martin in. Um, to, 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 to try and get some of these players on. But um, the problem is a lot of these players that they want to move on, the fringe players, they're of a certain level. I mean, you, you're not going to be able to sell them on to bigger clubs because, you know, they're not of that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, it's play, it's clubs below your level that are probably going to be in the market for them. But COVID has wiped out a lot of the finances in those sort of clubs. Including um, ours, in fairness. Yes, exactly. So, you know, there's there's no buyers for them. Mm. Certainly not at the asking prices that Leicester have been looking for. So, you know, you, you, it's like I, I described it as a frozen window. The, the whole transfer window has been absolutely frozen. And uh, for, for, for Leicester, and until they started to move some of those players on, I think the, the model for them, what they wanted to do and what they expected to do, which going back to what I said at the start about um, the, the model is always to move on one asset and then reinvest that money. They assumed Tiedemans would be the, the asset they would move on. 
but there's been no takers. No. And it's it's been really strange because um we've all known for nearly two years now that Yuri's been available or willing to go on, he's looking elsewhere. But I think Leicester's asking price for him has put so many of them off, and probably his own personal terms as well from his agent have put so many uh, uh, clubs off uh, that there hasn't been any takers. And, and still now we're into the last week of, of the window and yeah. there's still no takers for him. Um, we, we, and he's a great player. He's a, he, he makes Leicester tick. You know, he plays through the lines. What I always say, and I said it in the, the article that you mentioned at the start, is that hmm. every player has a certain level and the reason they don't go beyond that level is because there's always an attribute in their game that's probably missing um and i always think yuri it's a bit of that physicality i mean we saw it against roma pellegrini um i highlighted it in another article that i did that um every time in the first leg every time leicester got the ball pellegrini was on Yuri sat on Yuri because yuri was playing in that deep position he was the playmaker so they right if we stop yuri then we stopped Leicester. And that was their game plan. And it worked perfectly. And then whenever Roma got the ball, Pe- Pellegrini was just bursting past Yuri. And Yuri didn't have the athleticism to ca- catch him, to keep up with him. And I think that is the reason why clubs are holding back a little bit on Yuri. Because in possession, he's a wonderful player, Matt. He, yeah, he's the guy that scored the winning goal in the FA Cup final. Mm. He's, he, he will ever be you know, instilled in Leicester City folklore. But I just think there's a little attribute of his game at the moment that he needs to work on to go to that next level. But his agents are probably telling him, you are at that level now. And I yeah. think that's a little bit of a falsehood. So um, I think had we finished five, fifth or sixth again, I think there would have been a lot more teams queuing up for him. But I think because mm. Leicester didn't have the best season going, that I think, you know, that, that, that maybe that's why teams... You know, and it, it's it, he was asked to play slightly differently last season, and what I said this season was that I was going to start uh, and give everybody a clean sheet. You know, even even best of God, you know. But I, I yeah, I think you should as well. I don't <laughs> think he's a bad defender. I just think he's a different he, fit. He to came Leicester. into a bad problem at Leicester with our defense. Let's be honest, yeah. you know. Um, and he he, I know it was only Stockport, but we, you know, we they only had four shots at, at us, and every time I looked at the graphic uh, that was following the match on, it was Vestergaard taking the ball out. But mm. with with Telemans, I mean, he the way he's acted, he at least he still plays. You know, you could argue he's not had some good games, but you know, he was our man of the match against Chelsea um, that did it for Leicester till I die. So he's still being professional about it, unlike. You know, he must not be named anymore. Um, yeah. But do you think, I mean, you know, if we're selling now, who are we going to get in? That's the problem. But we'll come on to that yeah. sort of maybe later. But do you think he would do a Harry Maguire and sign an extension with loads of clauses in it just so that we can get some money? I said that Maguire is an interesting one because you know the fans sing that song about him and yeah um, they have a certain perception about Harry Maguire but I can't think in the, the last few years of a player that's had Leicester's interests more. Um, I didn't know until you told him. me last time you were on yeah. here, but I didn't yeah. know about it and I've got total respect for the guy now because the reason being because obviously 
he knew and everybody knew that Manchester United wanted him. Now, yeah. if you sort of uh, put that next to the Wesley Fofana situation now, Wesley would have been, as he has, not turning up for, for games, yeah. uh, for training, not being involved in games, uh, pushing hard for the move. Maguire didn't. In fact, he signed a new contract to make sure that Leicester had... Uh, obviously, he would, have, he would have got financial incentives as well. He would have got a signing on fee and, and increased yeah. wages for a year. But he knew Manchester United was serious about signing him and it protected Leicester. But So they, they got um, the, the, the fee, they got £80 million. Mm. You know, he, and, and in all that time as well, he, he was a model pro. So I really wish Leicester fans would be a little bit more... Um, gr- um, not grateful, but you know, appreciative a little appreciative, bit of, of yeah. Harry Maguire, yeah, of, of Harry Maguire. Um, now we've got the Wesley Fofana situation, we've got, we've got the Yuri Tielemann situation, and they're in stark contrast to how Harry um, conducts himself. I'm not saying Yuri hasn't conducted himself well because f- for everyone I speak to, say, you know, it's like nothing else is going on, he's just yeah. focused on what he's doing. I have to say, I don't think his performances have been. Brilliant. I think he does look like a player that's distracted or looking elsewhere. Um, I think certainly the first twenty minutes at Chelsea, he was he wasn't himself. He, I, I think know. he got better as the game went wore on, but um, he hasn't been at those levels for a while, and that's probably because he's he's distracted and he, and he looking elsewhere. Yeah. But you don't want the situation like Fafana at the moment. It's um, it has been. I, I spoke to Johnny Evans after the um, Southampton game. And he said, played it down. And he said, no, he said, like, you know, it's not a problem for me. I'm not a distraction for me. And from what I understand, um, the players can understand Fafana being um, inter- you know, distracted and, and wanting the move mm. to Chelsea. It's a chance for him to go and play Champions League football or whatever. What they don't like is the, the behaviour. What they yeah. don't want is players not turning up for training because, you know, they're all in it together. They're, they're professionals and that's what oh, they're paid okay. to do. Yeah, and and if somebody's stepping out of that, mm. and this is one of my other concerns, um, is that you know we've lost Casper Smichel now, Wes Morgan's moved on, Christian Fuchs has moved on, moved on, you know these like really strong, experienced characters in the dressing room, mm. and they've always had at Leicester um, a management level inside the, the changing rooms. I, mean, I remember Nigel Pearson telling me this that. Um, they never went into the changing rooms at the training ground. They left it to the manager, management structure, the inner core of the, the squad. And it used to be Casper, Wes, Andy King, uh, Jamie Vardy was in there. Christian Fuchs obviously came in as well. And uh, if there was any disciplining to be done, they would do it. Mm. Fines. They would set the, the fines. Not not the manager. Not the, the you know. It was all right. in house. The players. Um, and obviously, you've lost Wes, Casper, and, and Christian now. And I know Johnny's going to be a great leader. He, he, he's such a inspirational character in many ways. Johnny's so level-headed. He will be a good captain. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Michael Brighton stepped up now, but I can't see too many other leaders no. around. Oh, this is something that comes up I'm, that, that, I'm worried about that now a little bit. I mean, I love Keenan Jusby. I, I met him for an interview. A week or so ago, and I think he will grow. He, he's got the club at heart, yeah. and you know when sometimes you, you you players say that, "Oh, I love this club," and all this, and you go, "Yeah, I'm sure you do." You love the wage, you love mm. you know it's that and the other, but you don't really love the club. You, you get the impression with Kieran just before he does. Oh, love yeah. the club. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is he, the thing. 
with the likes of Fafana and Telemans. They're not Leicester people, so I don't expect them to have no. that sort of loyalty to the club that, say, like an Andy King or, or a Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Although even Andy King wasn't, you know, <laughs> we got him from mm. Chelsea, I believe. But I think, you know, what people are saying is, this is his job. This is what you paid to. I mean, how the yeah, hell he could yeah. even face teammates when he didn't yeah. cheer when Madison scored. I mean, yeah. you, you don't go into the office, you know, it's like it's like a post-Christmas party, isn't it? But, you yeah. know. And, and this is what I'm saying. Is it, his behaviour hasn't been exemplary yeah. at all. But yeah. should we be surprised? Because... You know, when Leicester signed him from St Etienne, he he went to Lequipe and did an interview. You know, he was very vocal about it. He talked about how he had to protect his family, and because he comes from quite an impoverished part of Marseille, and you know, it, it is life changing money to them. Yeah. Um. So Chelsea's come along, and and obviously it's even more money now. I mean, he's already in a position to you know look after his family, but this takes him to another level. So I'm not really. I'm not really surprised, to, to yeah. be honest. Oh no, um, and I think Chelsea, I don't think Leicester fans should be either. No, I don't think I don't. We, we are, and a lot of people sort of said, "Yeah, well, look, you know, they, he did it when he came to us." And I think Chelsea, you know, they're saying, "Oh, you know, he signed this six-year contract, whatever it is," and it's like, "Yeah, all right." In a couple of years' time, if if PSG come knocking. Then see yeah. what he's like. Yeah, yeah, it will come <laughs> around again. Yeah, yeah, around Madrid. Yes. I mean, because I think he's at the level. I think he is ultimately at that level. He will be one of the top defenders as long as he can control that part of his temperament. Um, I mean, I believe he's a very popular member of the the, the squad from what what people tell me. He's um, very jovial. I mean, I I think he embraced the old little Wes, big Wes thing Mm -hmm. that uh, Jamie Vardy said to him on the first day that he was at the club. I said, I'm calling you little Wes. Um, I think he embraced all that um, and was involved. The banter and his English is a lot better than he lets on because a lot of the time these players say um, or or they get the, the, the media staff to say that their English isn't good enough for an interview or whatever, but they can make themselves um, yeah. heard and understood. And yeah. There's no issues there, really. So, yeah. yeah, I think he was he was very popular, but obviously his head was turned as soon as oh, Chelsea came. Yeah. yeah. And typical Ant here, saying he's had a few of those fun mornings after. <laughs> I don't wish to know that about your Christmas. Actually, you're a teacher. What sort of Christmas parties do you have? Um, <laughs> I think we better move on. Um, <laughs> I think you make the point as well, and it is a very good point, is that the expectations have grown at the club because we have done oh. so well recently. And, hmm. you know, fans, we're, we're fickle. You look up fans in the dictionary and it says fickle, you know. Um, and we've almost been a a victim of our own success. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you see um, the rise of Leicester City has been so meteoric. It's been incredible. As I said, I've been covering them for 14 years now. And when I first started, it was the, uh, the first season back in the championship from League One, the wow. one that culminated in Jan against Penenka at Cardiff. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So the highs and lows since then mm. have been incredible. But since 2015 16, it's, it's just been astonishing. I mean, I, I, th- I honestly, I don't think fans of other clubs, and, and, and certainly I don't think people in my industry appreciate it to its full extent. How yes. this has been a, such an incredible story, such an incredible ride. 
for Leicester City, uh, for a club, a provincial club like Leicester, um, to do what they've done, what achieve what they've achieved in the in the last four, six, seven years, it's just been extraordinary. I, I, I don't think I'll ever cover anything like it in my my lifetime again. I don't, it, it, I don't, I don't think. And I don't think. And I, my 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 brother-in-law is a, a Liverpool season ticket holder, and I sometimes have to explain to him because he's used to success and. You know, and he now equates Leicester to be on a similar level. And I said, you, you don't understand. You don't understand where this club's come from in such a short space of time and oh, what they've been able to achieve on a fraction of the budget that other clubs mm. have been dealing with. It's 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 remarkable. Oh, it I think I mean, I can't Leicester see it fans happening just... again. No, but I just think no. Leicester fans just need to pause sometimes and think, wow. Yeah, what what's going on is they, this is the halcyon years. This is the golden yeah. days. Yeah, coming on to what Brendan Rogers, because um, you asked the question, sort of what is Rogers thinking uh, in yeah. your article? And like I said, to keep saying to people, please do subscribe to the Athletic and and check out Rob's articles. They are really really good. I mean, it, I always say. And you know, like the likes of Pep, and you know, the likes of Jurgen, could they do it? Managing Rochdale on a wet Wednesday in, in in November, and I suppose, I mean, you know, this is now where he will earn his money. Um, oh, absolutely, I absolutely, you know. I totally agree. Because he's always said that he's a coach that is better at coaching than you know anything else, and I totally agree with him. I think he's a wonderful coach. Yeah. I think sometimes the um, player recruitment side of his history as a manager, uh, Mm. there's question marks around that. But um, I think he's a good coach. And he's always said that he's best at developing players, regardless of their age. So whether they're youth or whether they're older, like Jamie Vardy, he thinks he can develop them and improve them. Well, he might have to do that. He's going to have to do that now. Because there's uh, a number of those um, players in that squad that um, he's basically thrown under the bus. He's, he's said that they're yeah. not good enough or they think they're better than they actually are. Well, he's going to get have to get them on side and develop mm. them and improve them because I know the Fafana deal is going to go through and he's going to have some money to spend and there's going to be some targets that he's going to go for. Certainly at centre-back, he wants a right winger. Um, but if time is short and if he doesn't get those players in, then he's going to have to deal with the players he's got and uh, he's going to have to get, win them all over, get them back on side and develop them. And that is not going to be easy. It isn't. It's a bit like the Fafana if he was staying, you know, and going back and playing again after in you know, yeah. the way he's been acting. I just, I sometimes, I mean, again, this is a lot of this is said by Rogers is he's always covering his own back and, I do feel that yes, maybe he should have been told if he wasn't that you know at the start of the summer that there was no money because he was you know doing a lot during the summer, um, and we discussed earlier about whether he was hung out to dry or not. But sometimes I, I do think you know he doesn't necessarily think. Well, I, I don't know because he does seem to think about what he says in interviews. Yeah. Some of the things, you know, he comes out and says like you know. Um, we we were too tired against uh, Brentford, but we only used one sub. Mm. You know, and then he was saying like, you know, um, experience isn't. Uh, we you know we haven't got an experienced squad, and yet we've got the I think the either the oldest or the second oldest squad at the moment in the league, 
and we lost to Southampton, we've had the youngest squad in the in the past ten seasons in the Premier League. Uh, he, he's got to be careful with what he says because these things will come back and bite him on the on the you know bottom, as they say. Well, let me go back to your first point was about he he wasn't aware of the situation this summer. Mm. Now I think he was. I think that, that I think the club were adamant that they had to get players out because there's no way a club like Leicester can carry 28 senior no. players, some of them on multi-million pound contracts a year, and they can't play because there's no place for them in the squad. We had that with Papi Mendy last year. So I think he was under he was very much aware that they had to get some move some players on to create mm. space, not just create space, but create finances as well, but to create space, more importantly. Four yeah. new arrivals. Now, I think there was an expectation that there was a number of players that would come in, uh, so that that would be easy to move on. I think they thought Yuri Tielemans would definitely go. I think they thought there would be buyers for Charles Siunsu. I think they they thought a number of these players there would be interest in. But as I explained earlier, that that middle market sort of disappeared um, mm. post COVID. Um, and and there was no interest in Yuri. I think the demands of the the, the finances for that that deal has put a, a number of clubs off. So he came back for the first training session of pre-season, and suddenly he hasn't moved any players on. They haven't moved any players on, and it, and it hasn't been helped by the fact there's no head of recruitment that's doing that work. It's yeah. been left to John Rookin, who's got other things to do as well. Um, so that's when it changed for him. But the situation. It shouldn't have changed that he, he must have been aware that he had to get players out before they could bring players in. But when he came back, none of those players have been moved on. That's when it changed, and that's when it, I think, it, you know, the situation like Adam Ola Luckman they wanted Adam, well, he wanted Adam Ola Luckman for 14 million pounds. I mean, yeah. 40 million pounds in the modern market is a bargain, isn't it? Really, yeah. I mean, Luckman's yeah. a good player. He's not he he's not will beater, but he's a good player to have around your your squad because he can do a number of roles. Yeah, um, and he suddenly couldn't do that, and they've missed out now. And this is the problem they've found. They're so late in the window. A lot of the targets they've spent months researching and looking into, they've moved on to other clubs, yeah, and they've missed out on them. Yeah, they've missed out on them now. Yeah. So now, with a few days to go, with Fana going, the problem they've got is finding those replacements to come in and those potential players to come in and it will not be cheap. And I also, I'm, I'm dreading the fact that I, we could see another 14 second moment happening at the end of... Oh I mean, God, no, I hope not. I hope we're not. playing I on mean, deadline day night. Uh, how does how does the FA justify that? <laughs> uh, well, rules are, rules are rules, they all say, but, um, but this is the thing about Leicester's um, history in this sort of market in the past the way they've played things they've always known that something is going to happen but they didn't know before fine i mean mamares we knew the mares mm. situation when man city was yeah. leaving on they managed to get him to stay for six months as i said maguire knew they knew for 12 months before he went on so they had plenty of time to prepare for you know his departure um mm. and kante N'Golo Kante, that 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 was totally out of the blue because obviously they had the the um, the buyout clause, but and, and Chelsea triggered that, and that was it. It was done. Yeah. The Danny Drinkwater one, that oh. sort, of, yeah, that went right to the wire, and Danny was pushing hard for that move. It 
didn't particularly work out very well for him, did it? But and it didn't work out very well for, for Leicester ultimately. So there's a lesson to be learned there. So, but the, but in, they genuinely know that um, there is a possibility if somebody can move on and they have a succession plan. Um, for Farner, they didn't plan on him going this summer. Yeah, they planned on him going next summer. So it's really been a bit of a curveball. As I said at the start, they thought Tielemans was going to be the guy that was going to go. But talking of Tielemans, and I, and like I said, you know, Rogers can sometimes shoot himself in the foot with what he says. Um, taking this out of uh, or off Leicestershire Live today, Rogers has said, and this is why he's not played Soyuncu, who is a left footed, left sided player. But he plays a right-footed, right-sided player, Amate, in that role. Obviously, hasn't worked for a couple of games, but he's stuck with yeah. it. And he has said, Rogers has said that he's been selecting the players who are committed to the club, with Soyuncu, a candidate to leave in this transfer window after entering the final 12 months of his contract. Um, and yet, Tielemans has been starting, apart from one game, every single week. And he, you know, what's his commitment to the club? Won't sign a new contract. Wants to leave. I mean, he's. he's, he's I, I sometimes wonder if he is full of a bit of the old BS. To be honest with you. Well, I was in that press conference at um, Stamford Bridge when he said that because um, we did ask him. Because a lot of fans have been asking, why is he picking Amate ahead of Sunji? Yeah. And it's just down to personal preference. I know, and he said that he's been watching on the training ground. He's seen. The attitude and the commitment. So obviously he's he's saying that Siunchu is not as committed as Danny Amate. Now, now I can understand that if that's what he's seen. I can understand yeah. that he thinks that Amate is more committed and what have you. But um, I think Siunchu is a better defender. Amate is not a natural central defender for me. No, but no. that's what that's his decision. That's why he's paid. You know the the the, the money he's paid. Then it um, reminds me. And by the way. I just dispel yeah. a myth. He's not paid ten million pounds a year. Can I just say that? Man, times I see that on Twitter <laughs> on, uh, on on that's our, what everybody is saying. Uh, is it? Is he's it not paid? He's not the seventh money. best played paid manager in the Premier League. Then it, he is the best paid manager in Leicester City's history. Yes, yes. But he's not earning ten million pounds a year, and I can categorically say that. But people. You know, they believe one of yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna highlight that point to Ant again because he he's that's one of the <laughs> backs he throws at me sometimes. Oh, he's on ten million a year, but no, no, that's, no, that's, no. Again, that that, that Leicester that can't afford to pay anybody that sort of fee. No, they can't no. afford to. It's just another level that is. I mean, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure people will be doing the maths now, but how much that would cost? I mean, the highest earning player at the uh, played pay player at the club is um, Jamie. Um, yes. he's, he's on around 120 a week. Casper uh, was on that, and I think that was one of the reasons why um, they agreed to the the, the yeah. deal for him to go to Nice because it, it freed up um, some wages for them to reinvest in the squad. Um, but to no, no, the club are not at that level that they can pay that sort of money. It does. I, I mean. <laughs> I, I love Nigel Pearson, and I got a chance to speak to him uh, oh, once okay. after the Bournemouth game, because obviously I'm down here at Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> totally different off the camera than he, <laughs> than he was on. He's a lovely bloke, but, isn't he, really? Yes, he is. He, he took the time. For, I mean, my, my son will never forget the fact that, you know, he, he told 
Sky to hang on because he was talking to us. Yeah, it was it was lovely, but yeah, he was a stubborn manager. Oh you know? god, yeah. You know <laughs> I, how true it is, I don't know. But you know, as soon as he started playing Mark Albright, and we we did the Great Escape. Yeah. Um, and now is that you know is that the case? I mean, you know, you say he prefers a Marty, but. There's 30 odd thousand people at the KP every other week yeah. that are saying he's not doing a better job than Soyun Chu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can I can understand that as well. You know, I can, you know, I I watch every game as well. I can see Amate for the, and this is the thing. He he looks like a decent player for 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. And then he'll have a couple of you know, a couple of incidents, five minutes, where he, he completely switches off. I mean, the second goal at Chelsea. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't lay that completely at his door, but um, you know, he, he's not. He just doesn't seem to be aware where Sterling is. Sterling's completely unmarked at the back post. I mean, I, I mean, the build-up has got to be questioned as well. It's mm. not completely Amati's fault. I just don't think he's a top-level central, central defender. He's, he, he is a player that should be in your squad to fill in. Uh, you know, in emergencies and, you know, squad, that, 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 that sort of player player. that they spent £55 million on um, the previous summer, they need it. I mean, that's why Fafana is going to be such a miss because he yes. is that top, top yes. centre-half. He is. He, he Like I say, Amati is a squad player. Now, yeah. whether Soyuncu, I mean, to me, whether Soyuncu wants to go or not, if he is the better option, he should be played. It, you know, it's as simple as that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Rogers doesn't see it that way. Rogers looks at them every day on the training ground, and he sees a more committed player, more athletic player, in Amati. Mm. But that's his choice. I mean, that's why he's paid. As I said, it that's is. why he's paid to make that. <laughs> that's why he's not paid um, ten million. But why yeah, he's paid the million? I personally, I personally would have Sunshu ahead of him, Amati. Yes. Um, I think you've, you've got most got of the KP in your corner with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. personally would, but. Um, you know, it's, it's up to him. Yeah. Uh, just quickly before we go on to one or two questions uh, in the uh, in the chat, um, your next one you want to see. You know what? Oh, you put here what? You know what's the club hi- hierarchy thinking? Mm. I mean, I, I said at the start of the season um, that a lot of managers will be looking over the shoulders when we te- go off for the World Cup break because mm. you've got a four week gap when owners can think we can get a new manager in here, they've got four weeks to acclimatise and get used to the players that are still here. And then when everybody comes back, they've got a week before the transfer window opens. And I think that is when we'll probably see most of the, you know, comings and goings uh, in, in the managerial merry-go-round. Um, is he, I mean, you know, everybody's starting to say now, well, you know, if he loses this one, he's out. If he loses that one, he's out. I, I, I can't, Say having lost to Arsenal, they gave us a footballing lesson, and I can't say having lost to Chelsea, they are teams that we would have probably lost to anyway. But yeah. is he? Is he? You know, I did a thing the other day with him on on countdown with the countdown clock. Is um, getting no. a bit twitchy. I, I, I'm not getting that vibe. I'm not getting no. a vibe that he's in any real danger. Uh, at the moment, because of what he's achieved, um, and, and again, I go back to you know the perceptions and the, the expectation. Yeah, um, you know, finishing fifth, fifth and eighth, winning an FA Cup, winning the Community Shield, 
getting to the semi-final of the European competition, all under Brenda Rogers. I think there are signs, there are worrying signs, though, for the future that need to be addressed. But I think he deserves time to address those concerns um, in terms of the recruitment, in terms of... Uh, and I think he he has identified that. Uh, and he said it publicly about this squad needs a refresh. Mm. Um, but I don't think the club are in the position to be able to do that for him at the moment, financially. Um, we've had, obviously, losses of £120 million over the last three years, which mm. if you have all the permissible um, uh, losses that you can uh, take out to yeah. um, get rid of uh, financial fair play concerns... But I believe the next financial accounts won't be particularly pretty because of the financial mm. fair play and the, the the increase in revenue has gone up, but it's not gone up anywhere near like if you do one of those charts, the yeah. uh, revenue is going up like this, but wages have gone up even higher um, mm. because you know obviously you want you want to keep your best young talent and to do that you have to put them on decent contracts. Um, obviously that increases the wage bill. Um, so I think all this has to be factored in, and I, it it, it, it feels like it, they're at a junction. It feels like that this is like a, a pivotal moment, and I think he deserves to be given a bit more, well, a lot more time, in, in my opinion. Um, I've mm. never been a fan of changing managers all that because you, you either believe in what's going on. We don't. I know Peter Taylor's the one that Leicester fans always throw at me. I, I, I can go as far back as yeah, uh, if you want. Yeah, to. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I can remember fans wanting Nigel. Yeah, and yes. I and I defended him, and I got pillared, absolutely mm. mullered for for standing by uh, Nigel, especially in the Great Escape season. But I said, well, who else will get um, better results out of these these players? Because they all believe in him. That would be my question mark about Brendan when it gets to the point where... Well, let, let me show really. you this. And I'm not saying that Ant is, you know, drinking a lot these days or that, you know, he, he should have gone to spec savers or anything like that. But I I strongly disagree with him here because he's very much like a Brendan out and a Brendan out now uh, fan. I heard and... them in Chelsea. I heard them in the tube station <laughs> in Chelsea. Leicester fans walking down the tube station... Chanting about Brendan out, uh, I heard it, and I was I was quite I was quite surprised. But mm. then I'm but not there. He said he 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 would take Sean Dyche on a short term contract uh, up until the World Cup. Uh, Sean Dyche fire back into the squad, <laughs> and he's serious. Sean... He's serious. Sean Dyche is a good manager, but the football pe- people expect Leicester to play. He doesn't play that way. I, I, I'm really surprised at that. I uh, exactly, life. yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I've got to be honest with you. But they they want a, a big number nine and the big ball forwards and exactly. Mind you, they might have to score a few goals then. But mm, uh, I don't. I no, don't think I, that. No, no, be... I don't. There was a time, but that time's a long, long time ago. I get totally what you're saying about the FFP, but then mm. you know you wonder how. You know, Forrest are getting away with it with all their purchases. Mm. But and me, <laughs> 20, 20 players there on. Is it twenty now? In, in in a summer. I mean, oh. that is no. Just, there's a there's still. a difference between the Premier League FFP and the UEFA League FFP yeah. rules, 
And I think Leicester have got, because of their aspirations to qualify for Europe on a regular basis, that is the aspiration. Yeah, I think they've got that in mind now that they, um, they've got to really cut back and make sure that if they do finish in the top seven, because that generally makes you, um, yeah. uh, you know, qualifies you for European football, that they, they make sure that, that they, they can actually compete. But yeah. FFP, just to me, just, you know, it just doesn't seem real <laughs> to so many clubs. <laughs> they do whatever they want. And, I mean, well, Everton, exactly. Uh, and the fine usually is less than you probably get in money for yeah. qualifying for Europe. Yeah. But I, I just want to, before we go on to the questions, one more thing. Um Two two thousand six hundred ninety seven days ago, uh, I know I'm going a long time. Or we can say seven years, four months, eighteen days was when Leicester City were last bottom of the Premier League. Mm. That was literally two minutes before Jamie Vardy got the third goal against West Brom. We moved up to eighteenth. We I know it's only four games in, but we are bottom of the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. And we've got some tough fixtures coming up. It's not like we've got, you know, Fulhams and Bournemouth and what have you coming up. So it's going to get, and you said in yours, you know, and I see it's, it's going to be better, probably worse before it gets better. But yeah. Ranieri, and let's be honest with you, no manager has more in the bank than Claudio Ranieri did within the Premier League. And yet we'd fallen to 17th and he was sacked. And yet now here we are 20th and... We're not sacking yeah. uh, Brendan. No. And I just wonder, you know, when I look at, and I say to Arsenal fans, because they're always saying, oh, Arteta this and Arteta that. But Arteta is taking Arsenal the right way. Brendan seems to be taking us the other way. Yeah, but I think there's lots of different factors in that. Um, as I said, you know, the, the complications this summer, the finances at the club. Um, we are only four games in. Um, you get you go back to Ranieri, you know, what part of the year of the season were we in then? You know, it was, February, I think we it were was lot, yeah, we were a long way in. I mean, I can remember coming back from Seville when I was I was in the car coming back from the airport, uh, when mm. I got the call to say that he was being sacked and um, I had to pull over and deal with that for, for the yeah. paper, but um, yeah, and that came as a huge surprise because I, I talk about you know the 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 collateral in the bank from Rogers and and, and <laughs> Ranieri had the ultimate um, yeah. bulb of garlic for that sort of um, you know vampire situation. You know he wasn't going to get bitten on the neck, was he? But he did. No. Um, yeah. So it was um, that was a massive shock. But there there are so many different factors at the moment going on at the club. Um, mm. Brent, Brendan's done a fantastic job. Let let you know. I, I think. As I said, I heard the Leicester fans at Chelsea and and, and certain fans uh, voicing their opinion, and, and they're entitled to it. But I think he's done a great job up to now. I think it's been a really difficult last twelve months in terms mm. of what's gone on with the injuries, situation with recruitment, uh, the finances at the club. Um, I think. It, he needs to be given a little bit more time than he's got now. It is going to get tougher. I'm sorry, fans, yeah. but um, it's it, you know that there, there will be a few more defeats, and um, uh, I think because I said you know with the, with the Leeds comparison earlier, at least yeah. we will have a club still at the end of it. Look at Derby, you know, chasing the dream. And yeah, I'd, sometimes all, you know you can under the King Power, there'll always be a club. 
you, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, I know relegation is already uh, a concern for some fans, judging by what I see in comments on my stories and on, on social media. Um, I'd be amazed if they really were in a relegation fight. But this is a difficult period. It's been a challenging period, as I wrote. And, um, you know, everybody's got to stick together in these sort of times. And mm. as, as I can see, that there's a number of fans that don't want to stick with Brendan. But I question who would do a better job at the moment. Um, I think we've Graham, got a couple of suggestions further down and ignoring Sean Dyche, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sean Dyche would probably do a good job in avoiding relegation, but would he move the club on? Would would well, Leicester City be competing for exactly as they have it's, been? It's like a Brendan. Sam Allardyce. You know, he'll come yeah. on, he'd keep you up, but you'd be either be having to keep you up the next season as well. Yeah. Uh, Potuccino, I would love. He's got unfinished business, but oh, would he be you got to spend some money there, yeah. Got to spend well, some money, Potuccino. I mean, exactly. Know. In fairness, um, I don't think he would come. Don't get me wrong. In a in a ideal world where we have monopoly money, but uh, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, exactly. just very quickly running through some of the questions now. We've it's, <laughs> we've been linked with seven defenders. Since okay. we may well have sold for Farna, I mean, I mean, that's another fire off some names, names then. Fire off some names. Who so, are they? what JB is saying here is Tabsoba. Yeah, uh, I can't. I'm terrible at pronunciations. Akanji and Harriet. Yeah. Um, Tapsoba has been on their radar for a few years, so mm. I think I believe he was somebody they were looking at, uh, and they went for Farna instead. So he was like the second choice around that time. Wow. Uh, but now, obviously, he's at another level. This is the thing about Leicester's model. They go for these players before they're really on the radar of the big, big, big clubs. And then they go and yeah. get them, like Fafana. And Tapsova would, would have been... But he would be on their radar now because he's gone to Bayer Leverkusen and done very, very well. So, yeah, he would certainly be one that they were previously interested in. Um, but he would cost a bit of money now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and who's the other one? Akanji. Uh, yeah. Dortmund, yeah. Good player. Uh, he's a bit older, though, I think, but mm. needs must at the moment. So they need to bring in some quality. Yeah. Um, I think Max Lacroix at Wolfsburg is another one. Um, Maxel Lacroix. He's 22, mm. French international, similar to Fafana. Uh, he might be somebody that... Um, they might look at, but again, you know, everybody knows now that Leicester have got money. Exactly. Um, and, and, and God, here we go. Why can't we just sign somebody called Smith and Jones? It'd be so much <laughs> easier for me. Uh, Locke Beatty, is it? 22 year old Frenchman. Um, I, I, I just want to avoid Frenchmen after <laughs> Lockyard, after Mares, after Fafana. Can we just avoid Frenchmen, please? Yeah. But he's he's the latest one to be linked, mm. I believe. But I mean, the list is going to go on and on and on, isn't oh, it? Oh yes, so, of course. And if we do actually get anybody, um, where is it? Somebody just said here, JB. Uh, is it true Leicester are looking for investors? No, not well. I, I mean, I, well, if somebody come along and offer them. A generous amount. I mean, I know there's been some questions about the ownership because the uh, obviously King Power have been hit massively by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, their business is, is, is based around tourism, hotels, duty free. 
and no industry in the world has been hit harder um, from the pandemic and from that. And, and it still seems to be recovering. Um, but I'm sure if somebody came along, a company came along or whatever, and um, wanted to get uh, involved, uh, and but, but be, be genuine about it. Yeah, I think Top might look at it, but I, I still think he's got the club's best interests at heart. I don't think he would want to uh, concede some control or um, be, I, not I, be the, the major said, shareholder. Yeah, I think he'd still I be. Said King Power bought, they didn't just buy a football club, they bought into the community. And I think they have. That's the difference, you know. And it's very hard, you know, to convince people outside Leicester that that is the case. Even mm. all the money they've invested, well, not invested, but just given to the community and to, to the yeah. hospitals and the, the, the hospices yeah. and, and stuff like that and the charities all around the, the county. And I always say, you know, you, you might you live in Leicester, you might not be uh, a Leicester fan, you might not be a football fan, but I bet you know somebody who's benefited mm. from the ownership of Leicester City. And um, my first memory of them was um, they came onto the pitch. I can't remember the game, but they came, and, and somebody, his son was, or he was cycling around all the grounds for his son's um, yeah, operation. Right. He needed, I think, yeah. And he was, they, they just gave him £25,000 to yeah. round it up. And that's yeah. my, my first memory of them. And, you know, the, the, it's, for somebody to come in, and I think for top to actually say, yeah, you can have twenty percent, whatever, they've got to be something special, you know, and that's that's the difference. Um, the thing, the thing, the thing is, the thing is with this is that um, you know it's been the the, the ownership, the, the the King Power family have been very supportive of the club through thick mm. and thin. This is their thing. So I think um, yeah. the fans need to be a little bit supportive of them. They will recover. I mean, we will we will all start moving around again, <laughs> like we yeah. used to do. Um, yeah. So you know, we have just got to be patient. But it's a tough time at the moment, and they're having a, a, a tough time as well. And they're investing in hopefully, if the council pull the finger out, a, yeah. a new ground and new facilities. That's coming. This, is a, this is a game, month, isn't it? This is the reality of the situation at the moment. Everything costs more now. So, yeah. you know, you're talking about a development of a stadium, but all the costs of the materials goes up, all the cost of the labour goes up. So suddenly that project that they would have planned for, say mm. it costs 150 million, it's going to cost a lot more now at the moment. So is it wise just to hold off for a year and, what, and, sit and wait to see if the, the costs come down? I think so, yeah. but... Um, I know fans get get worried about that. It's like it's a sign of a financial I think crisis. If you were sat, maybe you think... I'm a, it's silly because it is. I mean, I can remember growing up. We never saw a league table for about <laughs> 10, first ten games. No, but, you didn't, do you? You know, I, th I think if it's just if we were sat mid table, I don't think there'd be sort of the murmurings that there are because of you know where we are. Uh, yeah, but Terry I understand said... the murmurings. I understand mm. the murmurings. I, I, I do. I understand yeah. it. I mean, and this is not just this season. I think um, the fact that they were in the top four and then fell out at um, the last week of the season for for two years running, and then we had all the problems last season, and there was massive mitigation with all the injuries there. But I understand why fans um, are a little bit impatient this season because um, they should be doing 
a bit better at Valley. Certainly should have done better than uh, against Brentford and Southampton. Yeah. Um, but it's so, such early days. And, and when once this transfer window shuts, and if they can bring in a couple of players, I think that might might make the world a difference. Yeah, even if they're even if they're loans, you know. Uh, Terry's saying here um, it's being said that last year's signings were Rogers' uh, total decision. If so, mm-hmm. isn't Rogers master of his own downfall with the high wages dished out for any sales? But surely Rogers doesn't get involved in the contract. Surely that is down to other people within the within the you know King Pat. Well, within Leicester City Football Club. Yeah, right. Last summer, yes, some of them were his, like Vestergaard and Bertrand. Some of them weren't. Samare. Um, Samare was a pick from the recruitment department and they were they basically sold him to uh, Rogers, um, said this kid can do this, that and the other. Um, and then Brenda's brought him in, Okay, eventually said, yeah, OK. And they brought him in and he's looked at him and... He's not seen what the recruitment department has seen, so that so, so that's you know that that can happen. Yeah. Vestergaard was certainly somebody that Brendan brought in, wanted to bring in, and I can remember asking him. I said, uh, "He looks like he's going to need a bit of time to settle because he doesn't look like uh, he's that perfect fit for you in terms of pressing into midfield, being able to defend mm. space, that athleticism that we see from Fafana." And initially, he said to me, um, oh, "I disagree. I think he's a perfect fit for us." But now, you know, I think quietly he would say, "No, he, he was the wrong fit." So that one is on probably on Brendan. Bertrand is just one of those. He's come in and he's. Just, I thought he looked great in the first preseason. I, you know, uh, is that, I was about to say exactly the same he, thing. I thought, great. I thought he looked We've good. Got Christian Fuchs. Got that experience to help Luke Young come yeah, through. Yeah, and that was the and, role to come in and be yeah. the Christian Fuchs. Yeah, but he, then he, he injury he after injury after injury. Season. Yeah, I thought he was going to do a job. He could play on the the left side of a back three, you know. But then he's just had injury after injury, and now he's had another. He's, he's going for another operation on his knee. God knows when we're ever going to see him, or if we're ever going to see him again in a Leicester shirt. It's just um, quite tragic, really. But um, so that one's been a, a disaster. Yeah. Dakar, it was another one from um, the recruitment department. Have really sold Dakar to him, and I think long term, give Dakar time, he'll be oh, all yes. right. Yeah. And Adam Ola Luckman was a Brendan one, and he wanted to keep him. Uh, but the club haven't had the finances to do it. And I, I think most Leicester fans would have said, yeah, do that one. 14 million yes, quid, yeah. do that one. But they haven't been okay. able to do it. Talking about, you mentioned Samari there. Um, and we said about Brendan wanting to play players that want to be at the club. Um, Samari got his first start, uh, as did Dennis Pratt. You know, Dennis Pratt, you know. Like he's, he's, yeah, all the fans love Dennis Pratt. And, you know, he's looked at and he said, actually, I don't want to go. I want to stop and fight for my place. And up until Chelsea, he got, was it 20 minutes against Arsenal, which was a bit like throwing a a, a life jacket with no string on it to somebody on the Titanic, isn't it? But I just read it today, and and I hope this isn't true, that Torino are coming in for a bid for Pratt. Well, let's see. Um, I, I was told there might be another one go out before the transfer window um, to create more space for incomings. But um, I think they need Dennis now. 
Yeah. I mean, if you look at that midfield, uh, the options they've got. I mean, Te- if Tielemans is going to go, if somebody comes in for Tielemans, you can't let Pratt go as well. No, um, you, you've got to, and you've let Chowdhury go to Watford. You, you've you've got to have options in there. You can't. I mean, the, the squad is already weaker now than it was at the end of last season. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's got to be um, some sensible um, approach to this final few days. They've got to protect themselves as well. Dennis wanted to go to Torino. He, he was unhappy with his lack of uh, opportunities yes. previously, but there's a chance he's going to play a lot more now. I mean, I, I wasn't too sure about him playing him on the right of the, the attacking three at uh, at Chelsea, but what options have you got there? And it was worth having a look at him there, I thought, because, you know, they haven't, they've only got one winner. They've only got Harvey now because they didn't sign, sign yeah. Andamara Luckman. So, um, yeah, well, we're interesting to see that in the next few days. I mean, I'd be surprised if Pratt was a, a allowed to go now. Um, he, he seems to be really up for for, for this season at Leicester, mm-hmm. from what I'm told. So, um, let, oh, let's give him a chance. I mean, who who will go before the end of the window? I mean, Tielemans is the obvious one, but yeah. um, there might be Suntu that goes as well. But they need to cover themselves. I think we can probably hold out for a little bit more, though, can't we? With, um, you know, having sold for Farner. We, you know, that's like the big sale, if you like, that we do every year. So do you think we yeah. can hold on? You know, we're not, you know, we don't have that, that to. Was the, that was the plan. I don't think they wanted to sell for Farner. They did not want no. to sell him this, this summer. They wanted to keep him for another year and... Um, you know, say to him, look, give us another year. Give it everything you've got. And I and I know that Brendan dangled the carrot to him of saying, look, if you want to break into that front squad for the World Cup, mm-hmm. the best chance you're going to have is playing every week for me and yeah. putting yourself in the market, you know, putting yourself on that front page. Um, but obviously, he's going to go to Chelsea. And and to be honest, you know, I looked at it, at it on uh, Saturday and I thought, I don't blame you to to an extent because if you're playing alongside Thiago, you're going to learn how to be a good centre half because that guy is phenomenal. He is a phenomenal centre back. Oh, if Leicester could sign a player like Thiago, (laughs) all their all their problems would be solved. You know, he's that good. Um, Watch him live. Watch him live. He 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 go back in time and, and and and. And, and get him when he was sort of you know, younger. Exactly, <laughs> you know? that, and that's what Leicester do. But just watching him live, you 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 watch the way he reads the game and the way he just picks areas, and he can see yeah. the game progressing and where the ball's going to go and where the Leicester players are moving, so he knows the danger. Um, I mean, the second half, he was just phenomenal. So. Um, Playing alongside him, if Fafana's got anything about him, he'll learn from him. Yeah. I'm going to end on this one because I appreciate it. it's bank holiday. You've got people around and I yeah, appreciate you giving yeah. up the time that you got. So I've got to end on this one. Uh, Hassan says, uh, would you have Vestergaard over Amate? <laughs> you can't You can't get any. No. That's the question you've got to end on, isn't it? Really? No. No, I wouldn't because Johnny needs... Uh, a little bit of athleticism around him. He needs a little yeah. bit of, um, he needs some legs around him, some bit of pace. Johnny's great at reading the game, like I just talked about Thiago. Um, 
he, you know, he can he can smell danger and he can organise people around him. Um, yeah. Vestergaard's very experienced, but he's very similar. He's more like Johnny than 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 Amate or Siunchu. Out of the four of them, Siunchu is probably the most athletic. So if they are stuck at the end of this transfer window with those four, I would mm. go with Evans and, and Siunchu. Right. There are so many questions in the chat, and I thank everybody for putting them in, but uh, we'd be here till two in the morning if we asked them all to you. I, I, think, we just, I think people have just asked about every single player that uh, is registered. Oh, you, no, can, you can ask the questions. Go, go for it. I, I don't mind. Well, no, no, you've got family round, so in fairness, okay. you know, I don't want to take your... If anybody has got any questions, they can actually ask you on The Athletic, can't they? Yes, they can ask on the Q and A, or they can get in touch on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll always gladly answer, as long as they've got the real name on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've all been caught out like that. So, yeah, how often do you do the Q and A? Every game, right. we do a Q and A after every game, and um, also we, I think, we do one um, press conferences, so people can get in touch all the time. Yeah. Just go on to The Athletic, subscribe, search Rob Tanner, like I say, and just get your questions in on the Q&A page. I will let you go and enjoy what is left of your bank holiday evening. Rob, I really do appreciate you giving up the time. We must get next time, we must make sure it's not on a bank holiday. Because no one else will be be doing something on on Boxing Day. (laughs) 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 Thank you very much. All the best to yourself and your family. Really do appreciate you giving up the time. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Rob for coming in. Guys, you've had so many questions, but I do know that Rob uh, has got family round and um, it is a bank holiday. We'd forgotten, we'd both forgotten it was a bank holiday. I'm blaming my age. I can't, of course, say that about Rob. Um, but uh, stay, well, I would say, dude, thankfully that's the last show of the day. Uh, we've got this time next week, well, 7.15 next Monday, we've got Tony Cotty coming on to talk about, uh, he may, well, he may well mention Everton. He may well mention West Ham. But where did he win his one trophy? <laughs> Leicester City. So we've got Tony Cotty on next Monday. We're back 9 o'clock this Wednesday, though, with a preview of the Manchester United game. I mean, it's only Manchester United, isn't it? It can't be that bad. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. See you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
watching these videos are tremendous. You better like the duo. I'll be back. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.